Please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 17. Matthew four twelve through 17. Hear God's Word. Now when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. In the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and the shadow of death, on them the light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for uh, this, your word. Thank you that uh, we have opportunity to look into it as we uh, gather together as your people in your presence to celebrate the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. And we pray that you will be pleased to meet with us and bless us and confirm to us the fact that we are indeed your people and you are our God. And impress upon us, Father, that even though we live in a dark and fallen world, into that world the light of Jesus Christ has come. And cause us, Father, to understand when the circumstances of this life might, in your providence, bring a cloud of darkness over us, we can look to Jesus Christ, who is the true light of the world. Cause us to understand this, Father, by and in your word, which is given to us, we pray, in the name of Jesus Christ the Lord, amen. Darkness is real, and in the circumstances of life that might come upon us, you and I may experience darkness. Uh, whether it's uh, because of illness, whether it's because of a, a tragic accident, uh, whether it's because of uh, financial pressures or difficulties, whether it's because of problems in our family or problems within the church, we may all, at various times and in various seasons, experience deep darkness. But it is the light of God and the light of Jesus Christ that pierces the darkness. 
and gives hope to the likes of you and me as we live in this world. And it's this dynamic uh, that uh, you need to see and we ought to see in the text which is uh, before us in Matthew chapter 4 and verses 12 through 17. That although people are in darkness, the light of Christ comes and pierces the darkness. Like light in the morning coming through the window and breaking the darkness in the dawn. And so you and I, in turn, need to look to the light. Look to the light of Christ when we are in the midst of darkness. Matthew quotes in uh, this text, Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 17. Matthew quotes from Isaiah chapter 9 in verses 15 and 16. And so in order to uh, appreciate uh, the text in Matthew, we really need to go back to uh, Isaiah and uh, chapters 8 and 9 to get an understanding of what's taking place in uh, the book of Isaiah, which illumines for us uh, what's happening uh, with Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 4. When you come to uh, this section of the book of Isaiah, uh, the great darkness that is descending upon the land is the darkness of war. Uh, the kingdom has been divided, northern kingdom and southern kingdom. The northern kingdom is affecting an alliance with Syria. And this alliance between Syria and the northern kingdom, Israel, hopes to invade the southern kingdom, Judah. And it's into this circumstance of war and uh, the aftermath of war and the darkness that emerges in the aftermath of war uh, that uh, we uh, go as we look at this text. Uh, look, for example, at uh, Isaiah chapter 8 and verses 3 and 4. And I went to, uh, to the prophetess, and she conceived and bore a son. And then the Lord said to me, Call his name Maher Shalal Hashbaz. Good name. Uh, the name means the spoil speeds and the prey hastens. Uh, in other words, the prospect of war is on the horizon. And then verse 4 says, For before the boy knows how to cry, My father and my mother, uh, that is, before the, the boy reaches uh, about two years of age, the wealth of Damascus and the spoil of Samaria will be carried away before the king of Assyria. And what God is saying through Isaiah is, oh yes, you may uh, fear this uh, conspiracy, if you will, of uh, Israel, the northern kingdom, uh, coupling up with uh, Syria, 
You may fear uh, this uh, King Ahaz, uh, king in Jerusalem and Judah, uh, but uh, mark the word of God. Tiglath-Pileser, the king of Assyria, the greater kingdom to the east, is going to plunder the northern kingdom. And the capital of the northern kingdom, Samaria. And also plunder Syria and Damascus, the capital of uh, Syria. You might say this is kind of contemporary stuff, wouldn't you? Uh, These countries that are in the news these days. Uh, But at any rate, uh, this is the circumstance. Uh, The danger of war. And uh, God then says to Isaiah in chapter 8, Uh, Verse 12, do not call conspiracy all that the people call conspiracy and do not fear what they fear or be in dread. Don't fear the conspiracy of nations that might come against you, southern kingdom. Don't fear men. Don't fear uh, foreign governments. No. Verse 13, but the Lord of hosts Him you shall honor as holy. Let Him be your fear, and let Him be your dread. Fear the Lord. Do not fear men. Do not count on men. Do not count on governments. Count on the Lord, the God of heaven. Fear Him. Uh, That's the idea. Well, the war does come. And... That greater nation of Syria plunders Syria and Damascus and Samaria and the northern kingdom. And what is the response when all of this takes place? Verses 21 and 22 in chapter 8. They will pass through the land greatly distressed and hungry. And when they are hungry, that is the people who are left. They will pass through the land greatly distressed and hungry. And when they are hungry, they will be enraged and will speak contemptuously against their king and their God and turn their faces upward. They will speak with contempt against the king who led them into war in the northern kingdom. And they will raise their fists to heaven against God, who brought the onslaught of the Assyrians as the hand of judgment against their kingdom, that northern kingdom. You see, uh, that northern kingdom had been born in rebellion and in idolatry. And the people originally were called upon not to go to Jerusalem to worship the true God, but false gods were set up in Bethel in the south and the city of Dan in the north. And the people were told to repair to worship false gods. And they were uh, uh, given alternate days of worship and an alternate priesthood was established and alternate feast days were established. Idolatry covered the land and God judged them. 
And they raise their fists against God. And verse 22 says, And they will look to the earth. They will look around. And as they look around, what will they see? Behold, distress and darkness and gloom and anguish. And they will be thrust into thick darkness. Because of their rebellion and their idolatry, the land is judged and they are thrust by God into a deep darkness. But then, then we come to verse 1 of chapter 9. It's only the light of God that can pierce this darkness. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. You see in the middle of verse 1 there, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. And at the end of verse 1, the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations, Galilee of the Gentiles. These are the little pieces of verse 1 that Matthew quotes in Matthew chapter 4, which we just read. And then uh, Matthew also quotes verse 2, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them the light has shone. This is prophecy with regard to the coming of Messiah. This is prophecy with regard to the coming of the Savior. Look again at verse 1. But there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. In the former time, God brought into contempt the kings that conquered this northern kingdom, held the land in contempt. Uh, Naphtali and Zebulun were uh, tribes of the northern kingdom. Uh, picture, if you would, the Sea of Galilee. And uh, just to the west of the Sea of Galilee is Naphtali, the area of Naphtali. And just to the west of that is uh, the area of Zebulun. And uh, further uh, to the west is the Mediterranean Sea. And this is the area about which the text is speaking. And uh, this area is called Galilee of the Nations or Galilee of the Gentiles. And the reason it's called uh, the Galilee of the Gentiles or the Galilee of the Nations is that when Tiglath-Pileser came and conquered uh, the northern kingdom, he, he took a, a lot of the people, the, the Jewish people, into captivity and dispersed them across his empire. 
And then he took people from various locations in his empire and relocated them in the area around the Sea of Galilee. And so this was a, an area in which uh, there were many Gentile peoples. And so uh, Isaiah calls it Galilee of the nations. And it's into this circumstance where the people had suffered from war that God says of them in verse 2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has the light shone. Go back up to verse 1 again now. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The latter time, the time of Messiah, the time of the coming of the King, of Jesus Christ. And to those people, or upon those people, the light comes. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. And in the English Standard Version, uh, the uh, translation is as though something has already happened, as, as though it's already happened in the past. And uh, the reason uh, that it's framed this way is to show that the coming of the light is a surety. That there will be no mistake, the light will come. This is a prophecy concerning the coming of the Messiah, the coming of Jesus Christ. And how do we know this is the case? Well, uh, look at verses 4, 5, and 6. They each begin with the little word, for. For. How do we know that the light will come? Verse 4, for. Verse 5, for. How do we know the light will come? Verse 6, for or because. And verse 6, for a child is born. A son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. A great prophecy concerning the coming of Jesus Christ. The Son who is born is... Emmanuel promised in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will conceive and bear a son and shall call His name Emmanuel. This is Emmanuel, the Son who is born, who is the mighty God, 
who is the everlasting Father, who takes His seat on the throne of the Majesty on high. He sits on the throne of David forever and ever. This is Jesus Christ, the light of the world, who comes to pierce the darkness of this world. And because Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of this great prophecy in Isaiah chapter 9, Jesus Christ goes to Capernaum because He is the fulfillment of this prophecy. He goes to Capernaum. Back to Matthew chapter 4. Verse 12. Now when he heard that John had been arrested, John who baptized Jesus, and of course after his baptism Jesus went into the wilderness to be tested in that wilderness. John who stood up against Herod and lost his head for it, when John was arrested, Jesus withdrew uh, after having gone through the period of temptation. He withdrew into Galilee. The hometown of Jesus was Nazareth, as you see in uh, verse 13. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea. Uh, Jesus grew up in Nazareth. Uh, a little village in uh, Galilee. And as the texts tell us, he uh, then uh, went to Capernaum by the sea. And if you picture the Sea of Galilee again, uh, Capernaum is on uh, the northwestern shore of the Lake of uh, Galilee. And Capernaum, of course, by the sea. And as the text says in verse 15, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. Well, again, there's uh, Naphtali right next to the Sea of Galilee. Uh, Capernaum was a city in the area of Naphtali. And Zebulun uh, also in that district or in that uh, territory. And uh, it was called the way of the sea. And it was called the way of the sea because there was a trunk line, a, uh, a route uh, going uh, through Capernaum across uh, the northwestern uh, uh, side of the Sea of Galilee uh, from Damascus and, and uh, uh, from uh, Babylon down into Egypt. And uh, so it was... Uh, a location where there were many peoples who were gathered. It was kind of a crossroads uh, community. It wasn't just a little fishing village. It was an area uh, that was rather cosmopolitan, and many people were there, and lots of business was uh, going on there. And it was a perfect place for ministry. And uh, it appears that this is why Jesus selects Capernaum as the headquarters for his Galilean ministry. And uh, as he does so, 
the text tells us that he begins preaching there. Uh, look at verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The very presence of Jesus Christ was an indication of the presence of the kingdom of God. Because in Jesus Christ, the people saw the King of glory. The King of heaven. And Jesus began to preach, repent. Turn away from the darkness of sin. Turn away uh, from the evil ways you have cultivated. Turn away from the depressing times and the evil that conflict and war has brought into the area. Repent. Well, repentance doesn't stand alone. Uh, you and I should understand that this is the case. Repentance is one side of conversion. Conversion consists of repentance and faith. You can't just simply repent and then go on. <laughs> repentance by itself is, is kind of like uh, uh, trying to reform and uh, pull your life together and then go on. You, you see, if you uh, really turn away from the darkness of sin, you turn to Jesus Christ, who is the Savior from sin, and you trust Him. Repentance and faith go together. And you must trust this Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your King. He is the one who is the light of the world, and He is the light of your life. Uh, this is the idea. And Jesus Christ uh, came preaching, repent, repent therefore and return. And He called men and women to follow Him, to believe in Him. And He calls you and me in this same fashion. And He says, come to Me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. This is the call of Jesus Christ to you and me. And when we face darkness in this world, no matter what that darkness may be, Jesus Christ calls us to look to Him, the light of God, and to come to the light and to live in the light. And so, uh, you see, this is where the text leads us. In the midst of darkness, look to the light. Look now at verses 14, 15, and 16 in Matthew chapter 4 so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, 
The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. And this is the English Standard Version, which is a good translation of the original Hebrew. Uh, you see, in the Old Testament, the dawning of the light was future. But now, in the New Testament, the light has dawned. This is the splendor of it. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And when Jesus came to Capernaum, this is exactly what took place. But this is not something, friends, that refers to circumstances long ago and far away. This is something that refers to you and to me. If you make a confession that Jesus Christ is Lord, if you have turned from your sin and placed faith in Jesus Christ, the light of God has dawned upon you. See, this is the wonder of it. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. This is you and me. You and I were called out of darkness, the darkness of this world. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them the light has dawned. Thank you, Lord, that this is the case. You don't have to go very far in Bloomington or in Indianapolis to drive by a cemetery. Death and darkness are real. And at some point, each one of us will pass from this life and our bodies will be placed in the grave. And having the light of Jesus Christ in our lives... Our souls will take their flight to glory and be in heaven with Jesus Christ. This is what the text is telling you and me. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and the shadow of death on them, a light has dawned. And for every Christian, this is the truth of God. Today, here, now. And so, when a time of darkness in the providence of God comes into your life, Look to the light of Jesus Christ. This is what you and I are called to do. Years ago, our oldest daughter, Gail, adopted a little girl by the name of Isabel. 
And Isabel came into our family by way of foster care in Kansas. And Gail learned that her birth mother, Isabel's birth mother, tried to smother Isabel. And when Gail had this little girl, she would wake up in the middle of the night in terror, screaming at the top of her lungs because of the fear that would come upon her. And Gail would hold her and rock her and sing to her. And Gail taught her to sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And over a period of time, those night terrors dissipated. The light of Jesus Christ began to shine into the darkness. In the midst of your darkness, look to the light of Christ. We have a good friend in Kansas by the name of Harry Wilkie. Some of you may know him. He's a quadriplegic. He was injured in a P.E. class at Sterling College, tumbling, just doing somersaults on a mat. And he was injured. And now he's a quadriplegic. One day, uh, I got a call from Harry to visit with him. And I, I, I went out to the farmhouse, and his mother met me at the door, tears streaming down her face. She took me in to where Harry was sitting in his wheelchair, and tears were streaming down his face, both of them sobbing. And I said to them, where's the bathroom? And I excused myself to go to the bathroom where I could pray by myself just for a moment. Lord, I don't know what the circumstances are, but you definitely need to undertake here. Harry was in a depression. He'd been diagnosed as being clinically depressed. And he wanted out. He wanted out of that depression and that darkness. And he said, I want out without a bunch of medication. 
And we began to talk together and pray together and study the Bible together and talk about the wonders of Jesus Christ and how the sovereign God has saved people from their sins like Harry and how every circumstance of life is in God's hands. And week after week, we met together. And Harry began to come out of that depression. And why was that the case? The light of Jesus Christ was piercing the darkness of his life. This is why Jesus went to Capernaum. To be the light in the midst of darkness. This is why Jesus Christ comes by the power of His Spirit to meet with you week by week. To be the light that pierces the darkness. And so friends, when darkness comes, look to the light of Jesus Christ, the good God of heaven and the Lord of glory. Look to the light of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, You are good to us, better than we deserve, and we thank You and praise You that this is the case. And we ask, Father, that you'd be pleased to bless and strengthen us now as we uh, contemplate uh, this text and Jesus Christ, the light of our lives. Bless us to this end, we pray in his good name. Amen.